Hey, this is Matt McCool here, one of the lead pastors at Takeover Church, and we are so excited that you are listening to this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. We hope it challenges you to continue on in this journey of faith of following Jesus, and we want to let you know we also have services every single Sunday at 5 p.m., complete with Takeover Kids and a free cafe. It's a good time. We want to invite you and your friends and your family all on out on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Thanks again for listening to this message. Hope you have a great day. All right, how are we doing tonight? That was pretty good. But that moment of worship that we have, followed by some prayer and everything else, like I think God deserves a little bit louder of a praise. And how are we doing? Come on. Man, I got to tell you, I get asked all the time. I kid you not, I get asked all the time, why do I need to be in church every single week? I get asked that all the time. That's not the type of message, but there's something that needs to be said. Why do I need to be in church every single week in the summertime? I could be at the beach. I could be downtown. I deserve my day of rest. I've had a week from hell, and I just need this for me. Because we're two or more gathered in his name. There he is in the midst of us. And when a supernatural God comes into this natural space of man, how many of you know everything changes? Amen. So tonight during worship, I don't know about you. It was right before Oceans came on, and we were saying, Spirit, lead me. Man, he is up to something tonight. Everything changes, church. This is why we need to be in church. We're feeling burnt up, wrung out. Things aren't going our way. We want to change, and we decide to stay home in the one place and space where everything actually can change, and we leave it. We don't come. We don't show up. This is where change happens. Amen? Can you make some more noise for God? Come on, Jesus! far out man what a night i don't even feel like i need to preach i feel like everything was so in sync that the holy spirit has just shown up and did whatever he wants to do already i'm gonna just try to be faithful and uh not drag down what god's already been doing it's so good y'all ready for the message tonight y'all ready for that word tonight anybody love their bible tonight anybody got a bible tonight all right if their bible glows judge them silently to themselves kidding i'm kidding tonight we are in week four of our series called firestarter somebody say firestarter week one we preached the message called the fire and the hammer week two was what the fire and desire amen and week three was the fire and the shift Shift happens. I made it through the entire message without botching the word shift. It was good. Uh, I felt your prayers. But tonight, that leads me to the title of our fourth installment. Are you ready? The fire and the faith. The fire and the faith. Write that down. Write that down. And if you're uh, somebody who loves the word of God as much as I do. We are about to bust out the word of God coming out of 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5 to start things off. But have no fear if your Bible doesn't glow or you don't have a paperback or a leatherback or your family Bible to stand on. It's going to be up on the big screen. Y'all ready for the word? Fantastic. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5 says this. Maybe. There it goes. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
and I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen? We're going to pray, and we're going to get into it. Father God, we just thank you so much for tonight. Holy Spirit, we invite you in right now. Right now, continue to have your way in this place, God. None of us are content being the people we were when we walked in, Jesus. We need a shift. We need our desires to change. God, we need something to happen tonight, God. We cannot remain the same, God, and continue to pursue you in this capacity, Jesus. We want more of you. We want a greater portion of faith tonight, God. So please come, Holy Spirit, and mess us up from the inside out, Jesus. And faithful church said, amen. I don't know about you, but I've loved this series. Has anybody loved this series so far? I've been loving this series, and I, I got with God this past week, and we had Sabbath Sunday, and, and, and don't judge me on this, but for that week off, I, I really tried not to think about church. I really felt convicted by the Holy Spirit to say, this is a week for everybody, where we can just rest, where we can recover, where we can get excited, where we can just clear our eyes for a minute, where we can renew our spirit for a minute, where we can do something that brings wellness to our soul for a minute. And church does all those things for me. Church does. I need this tonight. I had a week from hell, and I'm here to make the devil pay for it tonight, okay? I need this night. But I really felt convicted for that Sabbath Sunday that, yeah, I just I need not to think about church. Like, I need not to figure out what the next step is. I need not to be worrying about this the whole time. Sunday came around and Adrian and I, we were off on vacay and holiday. If you're, if you're Shannon here and you come from Australia and you call it something else. But we were off on vacation and we were doing this and I just, I felt like something was missing the entire week. Sunday came and I was having like little panic attacks where I was just telling Adrian, like, hey, you got to remind me, like, we don't have church tonight. I feel so underprepared. I have no message prepped. Like, oh my God, who is doing what? And she's like, dude, this is so good for our people, and this is so good for our team, and this is so good for our church, this is so good for you. Please shut up. And I was like, I received that, yes and amen in Christ Jesus, right? And so then the week came around, and I was like, God, what do you want to preach on? Like, man, we, we did some heart surgery with, with the fire and the hammer, didn't we? Then we followed it up with triple bypass surgery. <laughs> with fire and desire. The last week, I feel like, or the week before that, rather, I feel like we really had our minds changed. The shift happened on the inside of us with the fire and the shift. And I was like, God, I feel like I honestly, I just, you used all my best material. <laughs> what do I do? And it was a good place to be in when your back is up against the rope and you know God wants to use you in a mighty way. And so as I was praying and as I was seeking and as I was asking and as Rusty and I were talking, because if you don't notice, we didn't plan this. This didn't just happen. Those worship songs, those are what the Holy Spirit gave to him. This message, the fire and the faith, is what the Holy Spirit gave to me. And if you see a through line, it's because of God from heaven cares about you. Amen? This whole experience, this wasn't preordained. or We didn't concoct this ourselves. We're not good enough at our jobs to concoct that ourselves. He's not talented enough. I'm not charismatic enough. We are not good enough. This was Holy Spirit delivered. So I want you tonight to take some notes, to dig in, to really peel back your mind, let your spirit be at rest, and really seek God tonight. Does that sound good? So as I was praying, I was asking God, what do we, what do we talk about? What do we do? And he said, the fire and the faith. 
if there's one area in our lives that still needs to absolutely be set on fire for the glory of God, it is our faith. Are you willing to go with me tonight? To catch up to speed, if you're new with us, the fire starters have been a series that I believe every single Jesus follower, every single person on this planet, whether you began following Jesus or not yet, whether you're outside these walls and you don't know God for yourself yet, wherever you find yourself as a human being on a molecular level, a cellular level, as an atom and matter level, I believe that you were endowed. I believe that you were designed. I believe that you are intentional. You're here with purpose. And God put something on the inside of you that is able to make a God-sized combustion come about in your life. And we're going to see some Christians be some fire starters for the kingdom of God. Amen. Through your dreams, through your call, through your marriages, through your children, wherever you're at, whatever God has given you, I believe he has a God-sized combustion that's going to come about in your life when we, decide, when we decide to get some of these things, some fresh revelations that he's given us in the series, and we're going to see a city set ablaze. Amen? So I was praying about this, and here's the Apostle Paul. If you don't know much about the Apostle Paul, he is cool. He is awesome. I come off the platform sometimes, and people are like, yo, that was really intense. You know, Matt, you just need to chill out. You're really intense. And I was like, have you heard Paul? <laughs> have you heard the Apostle Paul? This dude is buck wild. He ain't nothing compared to me. I, I want, I would love to be on that level where, you know what, someone just dies in the middle of my message and then we, we run outside and bring it back to life. It's in there, okay? His name's like Eucharist or something. Go read it. It's a great. It's, it's really funny. Although that could be an indictment on how bad Paul preached as well. I don't really know. Um, so let's just hope it's the latter. Um, but anyways, so Paul, here he is in 1 Corinthians, and he says these words right here. I love this. So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And I love that because here's the thing. If you and I are ever going to be and do everything that we were designed, that we were called, that we were made to do, if we are ever going to see the fire that God put on the inside of you be ablaze as much as he's called it to, as much as he says it can, to be this fire that just cannot be ignored in the great city of Grand Rapids or wherever you come from tonight. If we're ever going to do that, man, our faith has got to begin to combust. Our faith has to get real. Our faith has to get big. Our faith has to change tonight, okay? If we're ever going to see revival, is there any Christian here tonight that doesn't want to see revival? I didn't think so. Is there any Christian in here tonight that does want to see some revival in Grand Rapids? then it's got to start with us, and it's got to start tonight, and it's got to start when we decide to get a fresh revelation of God that says this, that our faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen? And I feel like tonight one of the things that God was saying is that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people, humans, Jesus followers, we established last week that you follow Jesus if you love Jesus, you are not of this world, so I am going to put us in two separate categories. It is not to draw lines between us and them. This is not us and them. This is called family. This is called heaven. This is called revival. It's not us and them, but so that you can clearly understand where you are at in this story of human history. You are not like the others. You are out of this world. You are from heaven. You are a Jesus follower. But if you are a human being on any level, you have got the capacity on the inside of you to place your faith in things. And for a lot of Christians and a lot of people in the world, we have decided unknowingly just because of our confession, just because of how we grew up, just because of the lens at which we see the world through, that we have placed our faith, our hope, our dreams, our belief, we have placed these things in things that are dying. 
time and time again, we have put our faith in people and in places, in notions and ideas and identities and seminars and self-help books and all of these things we think can solve our problem, we think can set us on the right track, we think will bring us absolution and correction and fulfillment. We find these things and we say, this is what's finally going to bring wellness to my soul. This is what's finally going to get me to that level at job. This is what's finally going to fix my marriage. This is what's finally going to fix these things in my life. This is what's going to open up the doors and I'm going to see my dreams and my desires come about in this place. What's going to manifest in our lives. And we decide that we're going to put faith and hope in these things that are actually dead. And if you know anything about dead things, they don't know they're dead because they're dead. Profound, eh? But it's true. We have this capacity to put our hope and our faith in these things that will show you the appearance of life, will give you the appearance of hope, will settle the score for a moment, will settle the waves on the inside of you for a moment, will give you those things that you want for a moment, but really what they are offering you is a kiss of death. Because death cannot produce life, but life going to death and making death from nothing into something. His name is Jesus. Come on, church. He can make life out of nothing. Amen. So here's the thing for the young fire starters in the house tonight. Our faith has got to be found in things that are alive because if it's alive, it's going to burn. Amen. This is what God is calling for us to do. If we're ever going to see a fire burst out in Grand Rapids through your life, not just through this church, not just through this city and this, and this building that we have in this area of Southtown, but through your individual lives, if we're ever going to see a fire start in and through you, we have got to get this revelation on the inside of us that we have got to quit and we have to recognize, we have to recognize that we have been placing our hope in things that cannot bring wellness to our soul and cannot bring heaven into our situation. Only Jesus can do that. Amen. And maybe you're in here tonight and you're like, Matt, revival is the least worry on my mind. And I think that's safe to say, okay? I, I'm not judging you right now. If that's you in this room and you are saying, you're hearing all of these things, revival, rah, rah, all of this stuff, you're hearing that. And for you, the biggest problem immediately in your proximity and in your life is not whether people know and follow Jesus. It's maybe for you staying in your marriage. Maybe for you in here tonight, your biggest problem, your immediate worry, the thing that occupies the most space in your mind is how you're going to stay and remain faithful in your household, how you're going to stay and remain faithful in your job, how you're going to stay and remain faithful in your child's life. If we're being honest tonight, because for some of us, revival breaking out in the city, that's the pastor's job, right? That's the pastor's hope. That's the pastor's dream, right? And that church would grow. And these things, for me, my hope is that my husband would quit walking out on me. Can I tell you tonight, it's the same faith. It's the same faith. The only difference is, is where are you putting it? Where are you placing that faith tonight? If you need faith to stay tonight, if you need faith to see your marriage reconciled tonight, if you need faith to see your best days are still ahead of you tonight, if you need faith just to remain tonight... God is sending us a text. And he is saying to you and to me, our faith can only be found in Jesus 
Christ. Amen. Our faith can only be found in God from heaven, in the Holy Spirit, the advocate on the inside of us. It cannot be found in the wisdom of men. There are so many people who hope that their marriage will get better and they place all of their faith on their husband so that he can remain pure and he can turn away from attractions and he can put the porn down. Women all across this country in this world believe that. Oh man, I just have faith that he's going to do it. I got faith that he's not going to look at it. I got faith that when you start to put your faith in the man resisting the pornography and not the Holy Spirit inside the man that can bring change to resist the pornography and the attractions, then you know you're in trouble. It's the Holy Spirit on the inside of them that we got to place our hope in. Let me put it in you this way. If you're in a job interview and your hope for that call, you believe God opened that door for you, you believe this is what you were made to do, this is going to be the next step to the rest of your life. That's the meeting that you're in, okay? That's where you're at. And you're saying, this interview let rest and it lives and it dies on my ability to be a good interview. You are DOA, dead on arrival, my friends. But if your hope, when you go into that interview, if you believe God gave that to you, if that's what it is, if your hope is in the Holy Spirit through you to guide your mouth, to be a bit in your mouth, to say what needs to be said, to leave what doesn't need to be said dead, and direct your steps and to direct your words and your usage and the vibe that you come in with, the spirit that you come in with, if your hope is in the Holy Spirit, then you're in good company, amen? But if our hope remains in ourselves... We will die with ourselves. Friends, there is a faith that is so much bigger, so much greater, that is worth so much more, that can do so much more. I, can I put it to you this way? I came tonight wanting to pick a fight with Satan for you. Wow, that sounds a little heretical because the Bible says that we're supposed to resist the enemy. He shall flee from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're also, we don't have a backplate on this armor of God. They call the armor of righteousness. We don't have a backplate because we don't run away. Tonight, I want to come to the devil's front door in y'all's house. And I want to remove anything that he has for me because I believe you have a God-sized destiny on the inside of you. You have a combustion waiting to happen. And I want to tell you tonight, you've been putting your hope and your faith in the wrong things. And I want to remove that, guys, from the devil because he loves it if you continue to put your hope and your faith in your own abilities. Oh, I can do this. No, you can't. No, you can't. The very reason that Jesus had to go to the cross was to make a dead person alive. No, you can't. You can't do it on your own. I'm a kind of Christian. I'm a kind of pastor. I'm a kind of a Jesus follower that actually believes, you know what? If I start this and God's not in it, it will fail. It might bring glory to Matt McClure. It might bring glory to me. It might get Instagram followers for me. It might get people talking about me. I don't want people talking about me. I want people talking about what God did in the service, fam. It's not about us. And if it continues to be built on us and our faith is on us as individuals, man, he is never going to get the glory he deserves. He gave you that gift. Best way you can steward it is to get out the way and let him control how you use it. Let him decide what you do with it. Let him decide when it turns on and when it turns off. Let him be, decide how you act and how you move and how you talk and how you interview and how you speak with your husband and your spouse. Whatever it is in the area of your life that you need revival in, me, I'm praying for the city. But for me, I understand that revival is going to start in this city when Christians start walking in this faith in their homes and at their work. Man, if this fire is going to begin, it has got to start 
when we decide to have faith in something that is alive. And the only truly alive thing is a God. His name is Jesus. He's given you the Holy Spirit. He wants to make dead things alive. Amen. I just feel like too often, too often this is exactly what we're doing. This is our problem. I meet Christians all the time that would just say, I don't have enough faith for that. I'm sick of hearing it. I'm sick of hearing it. Your capacity to have faith in what God wants to give you is not based upon your capacity to muster up your own faith. We serve a God who is generous, not just generous in his currency, not just generous in his healing, not just generous in his time. He is generous with his faith. Our Bible says you have not because you ask not. When is the last time you asked God for a greater portion of faith? The dream is too big. I want to be a guy. I want to be a husband. I want to be a pastor. I want to be a leader. I want to be a Jesus follower. That my dreams are too big that it will fail without God. My dream for my marriage with Adrienne is too big that it will fail without God. I'm not good enough. But I believe in a God-sized kind of marriage. I believe in a God-sized kind of this church. I believe in a God-sized reconciliation in this room tonight. I believe that God has some infinite abilities tonight. And if Christians would just sit down and think about this for a minute and tap into that our faith can't be built on the wisdom of man. It has got to come from the power of God. Is there anybody in here tonight that's willing to boldly proclaim right now that I need more faith? I need more faith. I want more faith. Where are we at on the clock? Friends tonight, our capacity to have faith as humans, since sin entered the world, we have been broken, fractured human beings, completely set on a course for death and destruction and selfishness and all of these things that are opposite of the spirit, of the fruit of the spirit that Jesus came to give us with life and life to the full, okay? So in this life, our capacity to put hope in dead things comes from our capacity that we are already dying. But our capacity to put our faith in God and in God's faith and what he has for us, our capacity to do that comes from his capacity to give us faith. We have a God who says, I will give you faith. Ask and you shall receive. If you want faith to continue in your race, if you want faith for tomorrow, if you want faith just to hold on to life today, ask and you will receive it. There's another verse that comes out of Luke. It's going to be right there. Are you ready for this? Luke 1, 37, it says this. For nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. If you're in here tonight and you're just saying, God, I need faith for the fight. I need faith for the fire. I need faith for my marriage. I need faith for my children. I need faith for the future. God, give me faith tonight. We have got to change the way that we view our faith tonight. If we view God and his ability, his capacity to give us faith through the lens of our problems, our problems will always measure our faith down. But if our, pro if our faith is built upon his promises, his promises will always raise our faith up. Amen. 
if the lens at which we view our faith in God are based around our problems and our circumstances, it will bring our faith level down. But if we build it on God's promises and what he is and who he is and how he is still yet to come and all of these things that he has spoken over us, you're the head, not the tail. If we begin to build our faith on who he says we are, what he says we can do, what he says he's going to do, not on the wisdom of men, but on what he says he's going to do, nothing will be impossible for you and I. One of the things I really want to encourage us with tonight is I think that we speed past this verse a lot. I think we see it in the first chapter of Luke and we kind of go right by it. I think for a lot of Christians, you'll see this on bumper stickers. You'll see this tattooed. You'll see this verse somewhere that people can see and it's on display, but you're going to look at the person's life and you're going to say, I don't really see that. Because I think for the church today, I think we speed past this verse a little bit. I think we really like when it says nothing will be impossible. We love possibilities. And we love the supernatural. And we will spend hours just getting into the swirl, believing for the supernatural. But we bring along our own methods and our own ideologies and our own notions and our own thoughts and our own self-help things. And we bring all of these things along with it. But we speed past the important part, the potent part, the heavy part of this verse. Can I explain that to you? It says, for nothing will be impossible with God. We love it because we're like, yeah, nothing will be impossible with God and all of my nice ideas and schemes that I came over late last night. Nothing will be impossible with God with all of my gifts and talents and how great I am and how good looking I am and all these things that I'm doing and I'm actively working to get my Instagram followers up and I'm doing all these things and I'm really trying to do this and I'm trying to work on this and I'm trying to do all these things and I'm bringing this and we speed past the most important parts. Are you keeping up with me? We speed past the most important part. Nothing will be impossible with God. But as human beings, we like to complicate this. It's part of our fallen nature that still needs to be surrendered. We love to complicate things. If you've been in a relationship, you know. We love, if you haven't been in a relationship, you know. We love to complicate things. We will put our own thoughts and our own ideas and our own notions we will read the Bible, and it says literally, for nothing will be impossible with God. And we go, yeah, but, and this, and that. Nothing will be impossible with God, and this. And we end up putting our own ideas and our own notions and our own thoughts of what we think based off our previous experiences will make something come to fruition. What we think will actually bend the arm of God behind his back so he says uncle and taps out and finally gives you what you want. No, 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 no. Jesus is saying in this verse, nothing is impossible with God. Amen? And so for me, I don't know about you. Maybe tonight, maybe tonight you're in here. And you don't want to start this kind of fight. Maybe you're done fighting the devil. Maybe you just want your hands to be up and you kind of just want him to leave you alone. Maybe you don't really want to see Grand Rapids have revival and see people being healed on every street corner. People's lives being restored. Marriages being fixed. Maybe to you, seeing that kind of absolution and redemption come to this great city of Grand Rapids, we'll be chastised for having too many churches and nobody's doing anything. And we all have knocks against this great city. Yet God says he wants to see revival here. But maybe tonight you're saying that is not your number one interest in this life. And you know what? I'm not going to fault you for that. Because I understand 
that all of us come from different places and different spaces and different moments in time where we have experienced things. And so for you, seeing Jesus, faith and life and life to the full come about in your neighbor's life, it may not be the most important thing to you. Maybe to you, you just need faith for your own life right now. And I believe God is saying to you, he'll give you faith. I believe for you tonight, whether your faith is huge or whether your faith is little right now, he is saying, ask and you shall receive. You can have more faith tonight. But for me and Adrienne, as the lead pastors of this house, we have been giving spiritual authority by God. He put us here. We didn't decide this. I wanted to leave Michigan ASAP, okay? Wasn't in my plans. Didn't want it. Couldn't have cared less. But God began to burden me and Adrienne and break our hearts and give us this love and this hope and this dream for the city of Grand Rapids to see it set ablaze. But it can only happen when some fire starters begin to initiate their faith and we put them in the right things because church tonight, there's people that need you to put your faith in God and not in a bottle. There's people that need to see your faith rest in God and not in your bank account. There's somebody that needs you right now to be generous even when the natural is telling you you can't be generous. There's somebody on the other side of this that needs you to be faithful and needs you to believe God for the impossible. I'm going to be a Christian, and Adrian and I, as the heads of this house, we have decided whether you decided or not, we are going to intercede for a greater faith in this house. We are going to stand in the gap and we are going to believe God for greater things, for impossibilities. We are going to put ourselves in positions where he has to come through and the impossible has to be possible. We are going to do that. Even if you're not there yet, I do not fault you, but know that you have two lead pastors who are standing in the gap for you. Because we believe this verse. We believe that there is nothing impossible for our God. And until your faith gets there, we're going to believe it for you. We will put that on our backs and we will carry that cross alongside you and we will get to that finish line where the impossibility becomes the probability in your life. This is the faith in the fire. Where a fire starter Christian fully alive and fully awakened to their God-given purpose intersects with a faithful believer as we begin to take God at his word and we don't allow our problems to dictate our faith but we allow our faith to be based on his promises if Christians in this room tonight brother, sister family, friend wherever you find yourself tonight if you would just begin to get this revelation that God doesn't need your goals he'll give you his dreams God doesn't need your ideas. He's got his plans for you. God doesn't want you to live every single day frustrated. He has faith for you. So often in this life, I think the number one killing Christians right now, while we walk away from the faith, while we say our faith died, while we say our faith got broken, all of these things you hear time and time again from people who have walked away from Jesus, the number one thing I believe that are killing Christians right now, and I don't mean I don't mean physically, okay? I don't mean physically. I don't mean your natural life ending. I mean what's killing your spiritual life, what's killing you from waging war on the other side of this thing called reality for people around you. What is killing your hopes and your dreams from activating is that we begin to see our faith in God through lens of our faith in man. 
Paul is saying it cannot be found. Your faith cannot be based on the wisdom of men because men and women have failed you time and time again. And if you go into believing God for greater things based off that one time that you believed him for this or her for that or this job for this or this career for that, or you go into it basing how you perceive God upon past failures, you will never walk into the future that he has for you. And so a lot of us, we walk around church and we walk around worship services and we go church to church and prayer group to prayer group and home group to home group and we go and do all these things. And we are carrying around a history of letdown and baggage of defeat because we have put our hope and our faith in things that could never give you and make good on what they promise you. And you have put that on God. But you've got to think. You've been putting your faith and your hope in things that have been created by man and by God, but you have not put your faith in something that has not been created. He is infinite. He has always been here. He is, in fact, the creator, not the created, and his name is Jesus Christ. If we're going to see resurrection, if we're going to see revival, if we're going to see lives that are bursting open at the scene, if we're going to see prayer requests come to fruition, if we're sick and tired of coming to church every single week and every single service, we're having a meltdown in worship. There's a problem. That's a problem. Not every single moment in worship has to begin and end with you in tears. Not every single moment in worship has to be a moment where you just feel absolutely at the end of yourself in defeat. It does not have to be. Life of victory is actually attainable to you. Even when you are experiencing what the world would call defeat, you can still have victory in that moment. That is available to you. It does not have to be the soul-crushing, agonizing life for you. You can have victory even in the midst of what appears to be defeat, which is actually just a setback. This is available to us, and it begins, and it ends, and it continues on when we put our faith in things that can actually deliver. The Bible doesn't say, for nothing is impossible with the husband. Nothing will be impossible for you when you finally find that spouse. Nothing will be impossible for you when you finally get that job. Nothing will be impossible for you when you finally receive your healing. There's things on the other side of this faith that God is waiting to give to you and bring to you when you decide your faith can no longer be found in dead things, but instead in the one who defeated death. Your husband is not your absolution. Your wife does not bring you completion. Your healing won't actually save your soul. In fact, your healing comes from what saves your soul, your salvation that's come in Jesus Christ. Amen? We've got to flip the script on this thing. We've got to flip it. It cannot remain where we decide to openly put our faith in these things that can only bring you death. It can't be found in doctors. They're useful. They're a good tool. But man, if our faith is on what they said to you over the phone or what they said to you in a consultation before what God says about you, which is that you know what? Healing is going to come to your house today. Because of your faith, Jesus has this interaction with this woman. He goes, because of your faith, woman, healing has come to your house today. Salvation has come to your home today. Salvation and healing has come to you and your daughter today. This is our God. And he is saying, nothing is impossible with God. You can leave all of your self-righteous expectations of how you think it needs to go. God can give you a word on a street corner. He can give you a word tonight. He can pray over, somebody can pray over you after service tonight and your healing can finally come. You can quit the rat race of life. 
of having to put your own ideas and notions and ideologies on display for the world to see, it can end. I feel like the wind is absolutely out of this room. Is this helping anybody tonight? I want to pick a fight with the devil and I want to bring it to his front door because, friends, I'm sick and tired of seeing you defeated and sick. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm down for phone calls at 2 a.m. I'm down for text messages asking if I'm awake. I'm down to walk out this journey with you. It doesn't come from a place of being frustrated and sick of not seeing people's lives restored to where they need to be. It doesn't come from that place. It comes from the devil doesn't have the right to have the territory in your life that he has had for the amount of time that he's occupied it. I'm waiting for some Christians to own the moment in their life and begin to pick up their faith and put it in God and not in man. This world will never understand you. Quit trying to get it to. Your faith is in God and God alone. Amen. Worship team, you can make your way up here. We're about to land this thing. While they're making their way up here, 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 9. This is how Paul finishes this up. And I love this. I love this. It's going to be up on the big screen. There it is. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. Although it is not wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, church, you ready? Church, I said, are you ready? What no eye has seen and nor ear has heard, nor heart of a man has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. We live in a time and in a world right now where our hope is in the left and it is in the right. Where our hope is found in a man or a woman in politics. Where our hope and our acceptance is found in something culture chooses to define you as. When we put our hope in this world and in man and in woman and these things that are dying. Paul said they are doomed to pass away. This culture that's in our world right now, it will die. It will pass away. Trends will go. How many of you know? Buy baggy jeans. Trends will go. Humans will pass away. This natural order at which we exist in will cease to exist one day. But what will stand forever is the word of God. And if we put our faith on the thing that will stand and endure the test of time, the human age limit, these things, that the restrictions that are put on this world by sin and death, if we put our hope and our faith in the things that are unpassable, that cannot go away, that will never cease, the promises of God are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and they are still yes and amen in Christ Jesus, church. Believe it or not, there's going to come a time. There's going to come a time. We're the things that we put our hope in, that we see the world offering to us, will pass away. There's going to come time 
when the wave that we're riding in the world and the culture, it will pass away. When humans are cheering on other humans for things that are contrary to what God says is best for your life, this moment will pass away. Our hope cannot be found in things that only offer deadly solutions. But our hope and our faith can only be based and predicated upon the Word of God that will endure forever. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you that is telling you there is greater things yet to come. Friends, I love this last part that Paul says. What no eye has seen. What no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, or heart of a man has imagined. What God has on the inside of you for you, fire starter, that fire that he wants to begin through you in this city, the marriages that will be set ablaze by your marriage, the thing that will give single people hope by how you live out your single season and will set their season of being unmarried ablaze for the kingdom of God? What you're going to do in and through your career, what God has put you on this earth to do, the things that are going to set your gifts and talents above the rest, what's going to set you apart as holy in this city and in your life, that dream that he put on the inside of you, it might look like Somebody else's dream is somebody else's calling. You might say, I want to be where they're at one day. But he's saying what he has for those who love him, no eye has seen. You might think it looks close to what she's got going on over there, but girl, your eye hasn't even began to see it. You might think it looks similar, but that's limiting God. He wants to do a greater thing in your life. You might have heard of some really great options. You might have heard of some really great marriages. You might have heard of some great people in this church that you should hang out with and get alongside, and you should, absolutely. But what you have heard, God has something so much greater because it is specific and significant to you and your walk and your journey and your story that he is shaping. That idea, that dream, that fire. You see, the thing about baggage Baggage makes really good kindling. Every altar that was ever set ablaze didn't start with setting the sacrifice on fire. No, 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 no. You had to get that fire burning with something. And for you, I think laying down at the altar of God and saying, hey, I've put my hope in these things. I've put my faith in these things. This is what has slowly been killing my life, sucking the oxygen out of my marriage, sucking the oxygen out of my hope. This is what's been killing me because I've put my hope in this time and time again. It came up empty. But baggage makes real good kindling. Baggage sets on fire real well. Baggage is dead, and you can put that away, and you can say, here it is, God. I'm going to lay my, alt- my life down on this altar right now, and I'm going to pour gasoline on this, and you're going to get every single part of me from this moment forward. And he is saying, man, what the heart of man has not even imagined. Ephesians 3.20, we say it all the time. Our God is able. You're going to remember this one of these days. You're going to know it. Our God is able to do exceedingly above all that we could ask, dream, or imagine what he has on the inside of you. He's saying to you tonight, dream a little bit bigger. That dream that you have right now, it's going to fail if I'm not in it. 
what I have for you and where you're at, you're at is not big enough for what I have for you. I have a great day ahead of you in your marriage. Your ministry, you might think your influence has puked or puked. You think your influence has peaked. It hasn't. It's just getting started, but you got to put your faith in God. Those doors that you're believing to be open, it starts when you put your faith in God. Why am I not getting opportunity? Because you're dreaming a little bit too small. For the Christian, you're going to be in rooms and conversations you've got no business in the natural being in when you begin to put your faith in God and God alone. It cannot be all of this is impossible with God and every other idea that you bring to the table. Nothing will be impossible with God. Amen? So right now, if you would stand up in this place. With every head bowed and eye closed right now. If you need faith to just stay alive, would you put your hand up? You're going to keep it there. You're going to keep it there. If you need faith just to stay in your marriage, would you put your hand up? Nobody's looking around. Nobody's judging. Keep all these hands up. Keep these hands up. Keep these hands up. If you need faith to remain in the workplace you're in, put your hand up. If you need faith to stick with your friends and your children when they give you every reason to abandon them, put your hand up. If you need faith for the dream that God put on the inside of you, faith to see what he has said your life can be come to pass. If you need that kind of faith, would you put your hand up? And if you're in here tonight and I haven't even began to touch on it, which you need faith for, would you put your hand up as well? We're going to pray right now and we're going to call heaven down into your life and we're going to ask God for a God-sized faith tonight. So if that's you, you need finances, you need restoration, you need healing, whatever it is in your body, in your life, whatever it is, if you need more faith, our God is generous and he is faithful to give it to you. If that's you right now, I say faith, come down. A greater portion of faith, come down from heaven. Jesus, this was given to us on the cross that day. Father God, what you did through a person of Jesus Christ on that cross, God, we just thank you right now through every hand that is up. We're saying a greater portion, a greater faith for tomorrow, a greater faith for our marriage, a greater faith for the days yet to come, for the long nights and the hard days, God, for the dreams, God, that are heartbreaking to even attempt and are soul-crushing, God, to even go through with, God. We ask for a greater portion of faith right now, Jesus. If it's the end vices in our lives, we ask for greater faith. If it's for the need to be reborn tonight, God, we ask for greater faith. If it's to lay down our hands, if it's to lay down our arms, if it's to lay down our forgiveness, if it's to lay down, God, whatever it is on the inside of us that's holding us back from walking out our God-given potential and purpose tonight, God, we ask for greater faith in this moment to relinquish that at the altar right now. In Jesus' mighty name, a faithful church said, Amen. Church tonight, do you receive a greater faith tonight? We're just going to take a moment real quick and worship team, you can start singing. I might cut you off. 
So if you just want to start singing right now, God, we're just going to we're just going to start meeting Jesus right where he's at. Right now, this is your moment. If you need more faith, we just initiate it right now. But if you would just start worshiping God right where you are, as Rusty and the team start to sing, if you just start worshiping God right where you are, asking for a greater faith right now, right where you are, we're just lifting hands. We're just lifting our voice. We're just lifting our faith right now. We're placing it on things that can only sustain our life right now, the person of Jesus Christ. <laughs> 